Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Peller, who's back from the left coast. And for once, I'm not in the heart of enemy territory. I'm talking to you from Ottawa, Ontario. I was there at this Canadian Tire Center last night to see the Ottawa Senators and the arty party that was in overtime. We'll just dissect that game and pay homage to one of the great Senators who will see his jersey be lifted up to the rafters. Chris Phillips will get into our favorite moments of his career and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, February 18th. And Pilsy, I know we're cheering for losses, but being at the game, I got to say, the place is electric with an Artem Anisimov backhand over the shoulder of Anton Kudobin. Yeah, the CTC seemed to be rocking just from the game. I mean, and that was a good game by the Senators. 46 shots, Ross. That's their highest shot total all season. And they did it up against the Dallas Stars. That's pretty impressive. Uh, what was it like in that overtime when you see Artem Anisimov heading down on that breakaway? You must have been going nuts. Well, the play was coming the other way. It was a two-on-one. And then as the puck got turned over, of course, a two-on-one one way in overtime means there's extra ice and extra bodies going the other way. And it was an awesome pass by Brady Kachuk to find Anisimov. And what a what a duo to have out there in three-on-three overtime. Anisimov and Brady Kachuk, uh, maybe not the fleetest of foot, either of them. But uh, I thought that was, uh, that was pretty comical. And, hey, that's two assists for Brady Kachuk in the game. He was uh, – or, sorry, goal and an assist. Um, a goal and two like, assists. A goal and two assists. Yeah, he was named the first star in the building. So Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite part about his goal, though, the, the first one, I'll get back to the overtime goal, but uh, Duclair had a great chance to finish and couldn't, but still made the pass over. And you could see Brady, just the leader that he is, go right up to Duclair and give him a couple chest pumps. Like, like that was you. That was like like trying to fire him up and get, get the guy's confidence back because it's now 19 games without uh, without a goal for Anthony Duclair. 21. 20, oh, man, my numbers are just terrible today. He hasn't Got, scored since December 21st, man. I want to say that that's the like right around the time he got named to the All Star game. Like it's, uh, probably. So uh, yeah, it's too bad. And he had a great chance where he deked out. It felt like the entire Stars team, and then went to the back end and it fell off his stick too. I mean, any other guy, you think that that's gonna gonna go in the in for him? Uh, so yeah, that's tough. But yeah, in in overtime, Artem and Isimov, and I thought the crowd was actually pretty good. They announced thirteen thousand. Uh, my sources tell me it was closer to 10 of scan tickets, but it was pretty loud. DJ Prosper did his best here. Six o'clock start, Sunday of a long weekend. You can see why it would uh, it would be a, a bit more than we've seen in the last couple weeks. Of course, the Leaf game aside, but Sens fans, even think what you want about the owner. Try to take it out of his pockets, but on Tuesday, you got to fill the building for Chris Phillips. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Sens haven't had uh, a player have his jersey retired since Daniel Alfredson, so he'll be the third guy to do it. But before we move on to that, uh, sticking with this game, like, Duclair, like, he's got the chances. Like, that breakaway move, he had Kadobin beat. He had him. And you just, like, it only happens to a guy that's a snake-bitten as Duclair. And as soon as he didn't get that, you saw him just look to the heavens and smash his stick on the ice because he's just so pissed. Like, it just doesn't seem to be going his way. But, yeah, six shots, not bad at all. And then 
Brady Kachuk, he had a big game too. I think my favorite part about Brady Kachuk in that game was that one-touch pass to Pajot to score in the power play. I wish the Sens set that up a lot more often. They've had a lot of success with the D-man slowly walks in, Shabbat slowly walked in, and he kind of no-look passed it to Brady. And then Brady doesn't even think right to the slot. And even though there was two defensemen right on Pajot, he releases it right away for the goal. I think that little tic-tac-toe play is really effective, and that's going to be a contributor to the su- success of this power play if they want to keep going forward. You mentioned the uh, the shot totals, 19 of those shots in the first period. Yeah. What was it about... Uh about their game that, that they were able to create so much offensively against such a good Dallas team? Well, I just think it's simplicity. Like, they just, you have to know if you're the Ottawa Senators that you're not really going to out-talent any teams in this league. I mean, maybe a couple that you're looking at the Blue Jackets, Red Wings, uh, Devils, teams like that, maybe. But otherwise, you got to rely on what DJ Smith does best, I think, bringing a competitive team onto the ice and making sure they stay hungry and stay hardworking and don't try to beat these guys with fancy plays and uh, crazy dekes. Just get pucks on net and good things are going to happen. And they did a really good job of that with 46 shots on goal. Funny enough, they've only uh, passed 40 shots two other times this season and they lost both those games. So nice to be on the right side of the win column when you get plus 40 shots for your tendies. Yeah, and it's always funny to see Anton Kudobin in that, one of the shortest guys in the NHL. So it was uh, no surprise that Anisimov was able to put one high over his glove on the backhand in extra time. Um, Anisimov's 11th goal this season, I want to say he's stuck at uh, at one assist. Four. So f- four? Yeah, so All right. got 15 still, points total. Still still able to, to compete for the Cy Young, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think um, it's Nolachari, right? He's at like oh, 22 yeah. goals and like two assists. You know a guy who always did that? Uh, remember Brandon Peary? Yes. That guy, He like his shooting percentage is just ridiculous. And he would always get like 20 goals and like one assist. It's hilarious. But hey, counts just the same. Yeah, 19 goals, five assists for Nolachari this year in uh, in Florida. All right, well, without further ado, I mean, the game secondary on Tuesday, the big news, of course, Chris Phillips having his number four lifted into the rafters, the Ottawa Senators' all-time leader in games played with 1,179, one more than Daniel Alfredson. He had 71 goals, 217 assists, was a plus 68 and that has even more opportunity to be higher if it weren't for the year where he had a teenage Eric Carlson with him in 2010-2011. He was a minus 35 that year. I couldn't believe that stat. I was scrolling through his stat years and I saw minus 35. I was like, geez, did he only play like half the year and they just got destroyed? No, he played a full 81 games and finished dash 35. Yeah, really impressive part of his career is from the start of 2006 until the end of 2012 and then you could even go on it it was the lockout shortened season so 48 games but he only missed three games during that span of of uh, six years and the way that he played physical you know r- finishing every hit blocking shots um, during that stretch of, of games I just mentioned where he played 902 games and only missed three um, from uh, 06 07 to 2012. 
He's got uh, some pretty impressive block shots numbers here as I pull it up. 774 block shots over a 537-game stretch, most known for being uh, half of the best shutdown pair in Ottawa Senators history. Of course, Anton Volchenkov, uh, the other member of, of that duo. If you go into his playoff career as well, 114 playoff games. Just the 15 points, as we said, defensive defenseman, and uh, averaged over 21 and a half minutes a game. So, you know, just a dependable, uh, the big rig is just a perfect nickname for him, right? Like, just brought his work bucket every single day and uh, never took a shift off. I was just about to say that, Ross. Yeah, you don't get a nickname like the big rig without being a steady, durable guy, and I think what Phillips will always be known for the best, I mean, when you're looking at moments coming um, back through his career, there may not be uh, a lot of like offensive flair or anything like that, but he was just the quiet, stay-at-home defenseman who knew his role, and he had to play with, uh, I mean, maybe not on their pair, but there was always offensive defensemen that he had on the team that he sort of had to make sure he was one of the guys that... He's not putting up the points because you got guys like Carlson, Gonchar, guys like that uh, putting up the points. But he's got to be responsible uh, in his own end and make a great pair with Volchenkov just eating pucks for a living with the Ottawa Senators. 17 seasons, over 1,000 games. Just an unbelievable uh, guy for this team to have. And a 1-1 draft pick, which is pretty crazy. I mean, that's that doesn't happen too often. Yep, he was the third first overall pick in Sens history over that first stretch. Alexander Dagan, 93, Brian Berard in 95, and then the big rate, Chris And Phillips. 2020, hopefully another one uh, if Tankathon goes our way, which we'll get to the lottery simulator again this episode. Oh, yeah, and the Shark Tank is alive and well. You mentioned, Phillips, how maybe there weren't too many moments that stood out per se. There are a few, though, and I'll start with the defensive one, then we'll get into, uh, he did have a couple offensive moments, of course, but in the 2002 playoffs, there's that iconic hit on Darcy Tucker, um, where there's a a perfect photo, we'll tweet it out from our Twitter account, at Central. you can go follow us there. I'm going to actually post it right now, with no caption, so, great photo, Darcy Tucker is completely flipped upside down. And Phillips is just skating away. So that was great. Another thing about Chris Phillips is this guy had a flair for the dramatics. In his 800th game, so I mentioned, in his entire career, he scored 71 goals, right? In his 800th game, he had two goals. In his 1,000th game, he had two goals. So it was kind of cool how during those milestones he was able to uh, to contribute offensively and uh, and you know make his mark in that aspect as well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, he didn't have a lot of big goals, but man, did he have one of the biggest in Sens history? I'd say se- I'd say second after the Alfredson goal to send them to the finals. I'd put it that high. Yeah, yeah, it's right. It's definitely top five. Like uh, when you're considering. Um, the situation they were in because it was 2003 Eastern Conference Finals against the Devils. Uh, I think that was the second elimination game that they had. So these guys are fighting for their lives. And Marion Hosa, he just uses his power and speed, breaks, breaks down the wing, 
slings it across. And I forget who was the guy in front, but I think maybe, was it Bonk? No, not Bonk. But it was it was a forward out front who had all day and nobody right there. He can't get a pass Brodeur. And then Chris Phillips, the stay-at-home shutdown defenseman, coming in with the pinch, and he buries it on the rebound to keep the Sens alive against the Devils in the conference finals. So there wasn't a lot of goals for Phillips, but... Like you said, flair for the dramatic. He knew when to step it up, and he got a big one there, and that was a great moment. Yeah, shout out to Vaclav Verata, the man who is parked uh, right in front it. of Marty Broder, uh, the 03 playoffs there. Um, yes, it's going to be a special night down at the Canadian Tire Center. Make sure you get to your seat early. Uh, puck drop is scheduled for 7.30, but the Sens released on their Twitter that the ceremony will be starting just after 6.30. And uh, from what I hear, lots of... Uh, Sens alumni will be in the building. I heard Mike Fisher will be there, Chris Kelly as well. I'm hoping that we get to see Anton Volchenkov. I'm going to be wa- rocking my Volchi jersey nice. uh, at the game. But Chris Neal's got to be there, no? Oh, for sure. Yeah, Neal will definitely be there. Yeah. And Daniel Alfredson said yep. on TSN 1200 that he will attend the game, his first Sens game in over a year, he said, which is just sad. Just, just really sad. It's but, sad that uh, it's come to that, but I mean, he's a guy that's got to be at this game. It's only him and who's the other guy, F- Frank Finnegan, who have their yeah. jersey numbers retired. So number eight, number eleven, and now number four. So for a guy like Alverson to be there to uh, kind of pass the torch along, that's a big moment. And this is a big deal for the Sens community, especially in in a year where it's <laughs> obviously rebuilding for a couple seasons, brings across a couple tough seasons, but. This is going to be a feel-good, nostalgic moment. I mean, we know for sure that if there's one thing sends love, it's nostalgia. Remember that uh, tweet we had saying, post your favorite obscure senders moment? We got hundreds of replies of people just gushing over old sends jerseys, random sends guys. So really, the way back into the sends fans' heart is to shine a little light on that nostalgia and embrace it. Celebrate it. You know, like Chris Phillips... He was a guy who spent his entire career, 17 seasons, in Ottawa. So it's good to pay this guy respect, and hopefully the building gets packed, people come early, and it's it's a special event. I mean, no one will ever wear number four again in an Ottawa Senators jersey. It's a big deal. So if you're out there, meet Ross at the game and uh, have a good time. And this is a game that Ottawa Senators can win, too, up against the Buffalo Sabres who have been struggling lately. So as long as they can contain Jack Eichel... This could be a really fun day for Sens and Chris Phillips. Hey, something kind of cool to note as well, it's, uh, being against Buffalo, it means Curtis Lazar will be in the lineup. And, uh, of course, Curtis Lazar lived with the Phillips family uh, during his rookie year. So that'll be cool for uh, for Lazar to be able to, uh, to be in the building for that. Fun fact about the number four that Chris Phillips wore, in all of kind of the traditional hockey numbers, you know, one to 31, the number four is the most infrequently used number in Sens history. Only three players in Senators history have worn the number. Obviously, Chris Phillips from 1998 until 2015. Sean Hill from 96 to 98. And Brad Shaw as the original Senators from 93 to 95. Um, So the number four will never be worn again. But... Could you say the same about any other Senators? Well, uh, it's tough to say because to get your jersey retired, like, you really have to do something incredible. I mean, 
I don't know if we're going to see any senator get their jersey retired uh, coming up, but if there was anyone, it wouldn't be too crazy to think goaltender Craig Anderson, number 41, has a chance to be put into the rafters because this guy, he's on career number 199 wins as an Ottawa senator. There's three games left till the deadline, but you think he can get it done before the deadline or does it even matter and maybe he won't even be traded and he can get well past 200 wins? I think he'll get 200. I have a feeling that he'll be a net uh, on Tuesday against Buffalo. Of course, he was a teammate as well. Not sure that really matters in terms of who's going to start in DJ Smith's mind, but uh, he was a teammate with uh, Chris Phillips for, for about four years. So uh, it'll be kind of cool for, for that to happen if it does, in fact, happen uh, on Tuesday. But by all accounts, it's a really important milestone for him, and I really hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that uh, he's been through some... It's pretty crazy if you think about Craig Anderson's time in Ottawa, the ups and the downs that he's experienced with this team in his uh, time here. So he's he's the le- leader in most goaltending categories for the Ottawa Senators. So for him to get a nice, clean 200 would be absolutely great. I still think there's a chance one day, maybe, that Eric Carlson's number 65 is retired. Uh, when you look back, the multiple Norris trophies, the playoff run in 2017. Uh, but that's a, a debate for another day. But if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is that the Locked On Senators podcast is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ottawa Senators fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ottawa Senators fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33 Seven seven seven, or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com backslash advertising. I did not look forward to what I had to witness on Saturday when the Belleville Senators came out so, so hot against the Toronto Marlies. They were up 4-1, or sorry, 4 nothing, 5-1. What happened? I have no clue, Ross. Like, both of us, we had high hopes for that game, uh, threw a little cash on it, uh, definitely expecting that to go a different way, especially after they lost the night before to those same Toronto Marlies. So to be up 5-1, and be a dominant team like the Belleville Senators, and then to have it come all the way back 7-6 in OT. And the Marlies had to pull their goalie late just to tie it up. I think they tied it up with 16 seconds left. So that was a tough one for Belleville, especially up against division rivals, the Marlies, when you just lost to them the night before. But a couple uh, surprising stats from that. Jordan Murray, three assists. And then captain, Jordan Swores, three points as well. So... You get a little uh, unusual offense from those guys, so that's always nice. But 
The Sens turned it around today on Family Day, beating the Syracuse Crunch 5-2. So that's nice to get back in the win column and uh, remain on top of the North Division. Well, it was back to the usual suspects. Josh Norris, two goals and an assist. How about that? He's up to 28 goals. And Alex Formanton, not far behind him, he scored his 23rd goal of the season uh, in the third period. Right after um, Syracuse made it a two-goal game, it was just uh, sec- 17 seconds later that uh, that he was able to pot it. Of note as well, uh, Christian Willanden, who did not play in the second half of the back-to-back, we already talked about that. He was back in the lineup today, two shots, or one shot on goal, rather, and was a plus two. So we'll be tracking his kind of progression as he comes back. Another uh, note as well is uh, not uh, Rudolph Balsers, rather, who has been pretty quiet since the All-Star break, had a goal and an assist, and Joey Decord, 28 saves on 30 shots. So great for Belleville to get back in the win column, and they might have more help coming because depending on what the Ottawa Senators decide to do with the trade deadline, they've added depth up front. Jace Howerlick was claimed off waivers today from the Florida Panthers. He's a, a guy who had a point a game uh, last year in the AHL, 32 points in uh, in 31 games. So he, he does have an offensive side to his game, but he's more of like a bottom six kind of grinded out leadership guy, 24 years old from Saskatchewan. Shocker with the, name, the way he spells Jace with a Y in there. Uh, I knew already before I looked that he played the WHL. You see their draft every year. It's just the wildest ways of spelling names. But only only 15 games of opportunity with the Florida Panthers this year. Played 42 for them last year. Recorded 12 points, just three points this year with the one goal. Uh, is this anything more than depth? Maybe see what you got. And this is a, a former second-round pick. This is strictly depth. And I mean... It's kind of a weird term, but I would say this is just a free warm body for the Senators because you know they're going to be moving around a lot of pieces at the deadline. So it's better to have a couple extra guys. And this is this is not a terrible pickup either. So like if you're going to get a free guy like this, it's not that bad. A former second round pick, like you said, and uh, a really good place to learn a little bit about this guy. Haley wrote a great article on it uh, in The Athletic. If you don't follow her already, definitely do that. Just kind of letting people know what he's all about. And it seems like he's a guy that could really take over as a fourth uh, fourth line center, uh, playing between guys like Schlappick, Saverin, and Nisimov. I feel like he could add a little depth, a little speed. He's a smaller guy. So this isn't a bad pickup. And from her article, it says that they were looking to trade for this guy anyway. So it's nice to pick him up off waivers for free rather than having to uh, add a little value going back into trade or what have you to acquire him. So, I mean... It's not really a huge move, but it's it's a free free money, and the Senators, they're going to need all the roster spots they can get because there's a lot of moving parts coming up at this trade deadline. Worth noting as well that with the injuries down in Belleville, they've been playing 7-D pretty consistently over the last stretch, so I don't know if that means somebody else can go down. I know Drake's been playing really well, so um, I don't think that that's the move, but uh, yeah, just some more flexibility up front, which is never a bad thing. Ottawa, of course, with the third... Um, Third in queue, I guess, for waivers. Uh, so Detroit and L.A. both passed on him. Uh, but there was no way this guy was making it through waivers by all counts through the uh, the National Hockey League circles. So welcome to the Ottawa Senators, Jace Howerlick. I'm sure he'll get a look uh, maybe as soon as tomorrow night. Uh, he's supposed to join the team. So we'll see how D.J. Smith gets him in the fold. Um, well, there's one forward in the lineup, but I think the Sens are going to have two exciting forwards to add next year with the prospect of having 
two top 10 picks. And with that, to the tankathon we go. And the Shark Tank continues to plummet. Those Florida Panthers, the same one that Jace Howerlick played for as of yesterday, uh, defeated the Sharks in San Jose 5-3. The final score there. I know you were watching the game. What was your takeaway from that? That Burns pass for the first goal was absolutely dreadful. Yeah, I, I didn't catch that one. I kind of watched towards the end of the game, uh, had a little puck line action on it. Especially the Sharks, man, that's a weak team now. Evander Kane suspended, Carlson out for this season, Thomas Hurdle out, and then Aaron Dell seems to be their starting goaltender. So they're looking real weak right now. And I want to go through, actually, the uh, their lineup today. I retweeted it from my personal Twitter. There were some account. random names, yeah. What, like, let's play Name That Shark. Top line, Timo Meyer, Joe Thornton, Kevin LeBanc. All, all pretty well known. Then you're going with Barkley, <laughs> Goudreau, Patrick Marlowe, and Stefan Nason on the second yeah, line. Yeah. Melker, Carlson, Kelman, and Marcus Sorensen. And this fourth line, Gambrel, True, and Suomela. Don't know any of them. Uh, Dylan Burns, Vlasic, Cimec, Ferrero, Heed, Dell. That is absolutely tough. But. Florida almost gave this game away, though. But Brovsky, man, that guy can barely stop a puck. That's a rough situation for uh, the Florida Panthers with that contract. But nonetheless, they get the win. Well, still, I mean, the Sharks is the most important thing. But the Ducks had a lead in the third period. I was like, oh, really? In Calgary? I I didn't expect the win. But that would have been a a nice cherry on top. Of course, every single day, you can go to at Send Central on our Twitter. We'll tweet out the tank watch. What? games you need to pay attention to around the league with that we include the draft lottery simulator like the odds of getting first overall pick the percentages and we include the standing so that'll change later on but without further ado i think it's time for you to give the tankathon a spin let's do it all right another rough rough spin here florida moves up 13 spots to take first overall that's a one and a half percent chance to do that wow and that bumps Ottawa all the way back down to six and nine. That's six yes. and nine. Wow. I can't, when's the last time we had a top three pick? Let's I can't remember. It. Spinning. Oh, here we go. Wait, did you say you had Florida first? Florida first. I have Florida first. Yikes. A one, per, one and a half percent chance of that happening. Holy. But if they do get first, I'm cool with San Jose moving up four spots. To get Ottawa second. And then Ottawa stays put with the third pick. So second and third overall. So I think that's craziness that that we both spun and got Florida on that 1.5% chance. It just shows literally how random the lottery is. It's, It's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for us today at the Locked On Senators podcast. Again, Sens fans, pack the building for Chris Phillips. The number four going up into the rafters we'll be back after the game to break it all down for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day